Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, August 4th, 2023. I am Dave Biddle. I will be joined by the one and only Jonah Booker here in just a minute. But as we've been telling you guys all week, our new sponsor for here on the Bucknuts Morning 5, Manscaped. It's a great company. It just continues to blow up. Um, I have so many friends that use it. I use the products. And one thing about it is all of my friends who use it, they all like it. Like I haven't met one person who's like, eh, it's okay. Everybody likes it. And thanks to the Bucknuts Morning 5, you can get 20% off and free shipping any product from manscaped.com. So go to manscaped.com, use code Bucknuts, get 20% off and free shipping. There you go. You got to go to manscaped.com, got to use code Bucknuts, get 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped.com. So if you have hair anywhere on your body that you don't want it to be there, go to Manscaped. They will take care of you. Unlock your confidence and always. Use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right. Let's get to Jonah Booker. Jay Book, good to see you, my friend. How you doing this morning? I'm doing well. Glad to be here. It's Friday. It's like Christmas that uh, college football is back in session right now. Had the NFL Hall of Fame game yesterday, so it's a beautiful thing. Day one of camp is in the books. Let's talk all about it. I mean – Obviously, I mean, it's the headline of the show today, Sonny Styles in the slot. We've been talking about Sonny all year. We're like, man, I don't care where he plays, just get him out there. And now people are like, wait a minute, the slot. Dude, six foot four, 230? But <laughs> might this be more of a situation that he could be more of a uh, – he's not going to maybe do the same things that Tanner McAllister did last year. Um, maybe he'll be more of a rover back. You being a former college DB yourself, like what, what kind of role do you think Sonny's going to have this year in the slot? Yeah, first and foremost, as you mentioned, we've been uh... – complaining about finding a role for him all year. Finally, they're able to get him out there with the ones. So he's going to play a lot first and foremost, which is a beautiful thing to hear. Uh, but I am a little skeptical about a 6'4", 230 guy <laughs> playing in the nickel there, Dave. If he's going against a slot wide receiver, how would that play out? That's to be determined. But I do think it's great to get him in those reps, get him some reps in that position right now because when you're going against Wisconsin, you're going against um, Michigan, those type of teams, you're going to probably need an, another big body in the box who's going to be able to play that hybrid, hybrid role to be able to stop the run. So it allows you to kind of morph into your 4-2-5 into a, a more of a 4-3 defense when you're going against a run-heavy team. There's, that's not to say that Sonny's always going to play in the nickel, on passing situations, because I'm a firm believer, Dave, that if it's third and long, instead of having three safeties on the field, i much rather have a third corner on the field. You're asking the safety in third and long situation, obvious passing downs, to be able to flip their hips and turn a skill set that corners are unique to being able to do. Safeties typically aren't asked to do that. So if you have a safety uh, out there on third and long, Chances are a competent offensive coordinator, they're going to target whoever that nickel safety is. Um, so I do think that you can – Sonny's versatility gives you a lot of flexibility to be able to morph that defense into different looks. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to knock it until I actually see it, how they're going to employ it. But I suspect that with his body, 6'4", 230, that's going to be able to provide him a lot of flexibility against those run-heavy teams that you're going to see in the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean, we all know he can do a little bit of everything. There's no doubt about it. I mean, he's going to be able to blitz. He's going to be able to stop the run. He can cover. 
Um, you know, there's no ceiling on this young man. Steel Chambers was talking about it yesterday. You know, when you have a fifth year senior talking about a young guy and just can't talk enough about him. Um, game knows game, and Steele just couldn't say enough nice things about Sonny, saying things like, man, this guy, John, he does everything well. He jumps over 40 inches. You know, his vertical's yeah. over 40. Uh, he runs like the wind. He's tough. He's a great kid. He works his butt off. Um, and he's supposed to be – he really should be a true freshman right now. He really should be right. entering his true freshman season. So, listen, man, a lot of times guys break out as juniors. He might be one of those guys that breaks out as a superstar as a sophomore. I mean, if he's an All-American this year, would any of us be surprised? I wouldn't be. Here, here, here's what I think, Dave. We always talk about uh, this person being a great, this person doing this and that. I have a sneaky suspicion that as we go forward, they're going to be recruiting guys to play the Sonny Styles role because I think he's going to be one of those type of players that he's, his skill set and his body type is so unique, and he's going to allow them to do so many different things on the back end as well as up front with that front seven, front eight, that they're going to be targeting guys to play the sunny role because you look at it, 6'4", 230, he's athletic enough to go play down on the line of scrimmage to be able to bend the arc and go get the quarterback. He's athletic enough to, to guard a tight end if you want to flex a tight end out or maybe a running back in the slot. And then from the reports, he's been going one-on-one -on -one against Marvin Harrison Jr., so someone with that type of skill set who's be able to go lock up Marvin Harrison Jr. on the outside but also play down in the box, that's a unique skill set. You have to find a role for him. And if he's able to really parlay that into some type of Big Ten All-American campaign, I can see in the future that the coaching staff say, hey, we need to go try to find the next Sonny Styles who is allowing our defense to play so many different looks, so many, so many different flexibility options with his skill set. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about all off season. We're like, you know, the guys that were running first team in the spring at safety, maybe Lathan Ransom should stick. In fact, probably should will. Um, but I wasn't buying Josh Proctor. I thought Cam Martinez actually had a good spring. It wasn't anything against him. I just thought Jihad Carter didn't come here to be a backup. He was really good at Syracuse. We said all, all off season, we got one, right. We said all off season, <laughs> they gotta get sunny and they got to get Jihad in there. And you come out there yesterday at practice. Sonny Styles is out there with the first team. Lathan Ransom with the first team at Bandit. And then Jihad Carter at Adjuster. I wasn't expecting that, but it makes a lot of sense now that I think about it. Um, I really like this. And then you, they've got some, they've got great depth there. I mean, Kai Stokes, nobody even talks about Kai Stokes. He's a player. Malik Hartford had a pick six yesterday. Um, I just love this group of safeties. But get into the other two starting safeties, Jihad Carter uh, and Lathan Ransom. I know we talked about Jihad Carter, Dave, uh, potentially being a starter. Um, coming here, playing, you know, providing some depth. He had that injury in the spring that uh, cut his spring short there. So we really didn't know what the puzzle pieces were going to fit like with him and those other guys. Obviously, Lathan, Lathan Ransom was a guy that we thought was going to be a potential starter. But I has I I was thinking that they were going to play the seniority role and have uh, Proctor and Cam Martinez out there ahead of you know Carter and Sonny. So it's good to see that, that that's your starting lineup. I think it's going to be an extremely athletic group. I think Jaha Carter, and I, people may not me for say this, I think he's an up an upgrade over Ronnie Hickman right now. I think there were times that Ronnie packed it in uh, last year. He did not have a great uh, senior year, Ronnie Hickman did. And I think Jaha Carter is going to come in with a chip on his shoulder. He brings a little bit more athleticism to that back end playing uh, the adjuster. 
And I thought Lathan Ransom, for the most part, Dave, early on in the year, I thought Lathan Ransom played some really good football. I thought he, he did a heck of a job against Michael Mayer uh, at Notre Dame. Latham kind of fell. Uh, he kind of took a step back later on in the season. With him changing his number, hopefully he gets a fresh start, kind of wash that stink off his tongue from the Georgia game. But I really like the safety group. They're deep. They're athletic. They all provide a different skill set. The, the question for them on that Ohio State coaching staff is how can you fit the puzzle pieces all together? Because I truly believe that if they're up big, Dave, we got to get Kai Stokes and some of those younger guys some life reps. Got to get their feet wet. Got to get them some experience. So just trying to find the miss the missing match pieces to put them all together. That's going to be critical. But make no mistake, Sonny needs to be playing the primary primary downs. I think Lathan Ransom, he's going to be good. To me, it's mental day with him. Can he mentally check in and kind of forget what happened last year at the end of the year? And if he can, I think he can have a bounce back here. And Jahab Carter, he's kind of your wild card there. We, we're hoping that he's going to be good. Uh, we were hoping Tanner McAllister was going to be good last year. And his play was kind of up and down at times. But if Jahab Carter can play at a high level, be consistent, then that back end is going to be extremely solid. I also like Jihad has two years of eligibility remaining if he so chooses, um, you know, played, um, you know, started what three years at Syracuse. I think he's technically a fifth year senior, but because of the COVID year, he would have a sixth year if he wants it. So yeah, I think he's going to be an upgrade over Tanner McAllister. Tanner McAllister starts at Ohio state goes undrafted. Ronnie Hickman starts undrafted, been well-documented. Cam Brown starts undrafted. Unbelievable. Right. Um, you're gonna, you must love today's show. Let, now let's get into more uh, DBs. Let's talk about the corners. Um, and obviously, I mean, Denzel Burke's the number one. I was curious to see if it was gonna be Hancock or Igbenosin as the other starter. It's Hancock. Um, but man, you know, life is good when Igbenosin's your number three corner. And I think that's gonna be a good battle. And depth is good. You know, the guys are gonna get banged up. But man, Jair Brown always looks good to me. He's the number four corner. I love what they got going on at corner, Jay Book. Yeah, I, I think this room is extremely deep. From the coaches, listening to the coaches, Dave, they've been extremely pleased with uh, Hancock and Denzel Burke, what they were able to do in the offseason. Uh, we've said it all offseason. I'm banking that Denzel Burke's going to have a bounce-back year. This is a money year for him, Dave. He has no choice but to have a big year. There are some publications that believe that he's a – you know, top three round draft pick. He needs to be able to play like a, if he can play like, I think he's going to be good. Um, Hancock, you know, you look at him. I saw some workout videos of him working with personal trainers in the offseason, getting his footwork together. Tim Walton needs to be able to really get technical with this group. I thought the technique was a lot, was sloppy last year, um, especially from guys who shouldn't have been as sloppy as, as can be because they're, veteran guys your your technique should not have been as sloppy um but those younger guys dave you look at jair brown then you got calvin simpson hunt you got jermaine matthews i mean it's a it's a bevy of guys in that room so if they can play at a high level the future is bright and then you look at you know bryce west aaron scott coming in after this year i mean this room can be absolutely stacked back to the tip, the tip top from top to bottom. So I'm excited for him. Um, Igbenosa, when he, as you mentioned, third corner, he's a big guy, Dave. Um, playing him in a slot, that's another one that gives you a lot of flexibility 
more of your Sean Wade type of guy uh, with that size and length being able to play in there. So that's that's kind of where I'm at, Dave. I'm curious to see how they're going to employ a nickel safety versus a nickel corner. Um, I truly believe that you have to have a third corner on the field in those third and long, got to get it money downs because I must, re- as much as we love Sonny, I must rather have Sonny on the back end and Igbenosa um, playing in the nickel slot because I feel like that right there gives you your five best defensive backs on the field when you need to get off the field because if you're if you're having Sonny down there in the slot, yes, he's extremely gifted, he's extremely athletic, but I feel much better having a third corner on the field on those passing downs. All right, let's look at the offensive line. Obviously, both starting guards back. Love that. Um, Josh Fryer's looking good at left tackle. Carson Hinsman, first-year starter at center. He's looking good, redshirt freshman. So then it comes down to right tackle. Who's going to be the right tackle? It was just the first day of camp. Even if if they think Josh Simmons is going to come in and be an All-American, they weren't just going to throw him in with the first team on the first day of camp. Um, But I did find it interesting. Zen Mahalski went first at right tackle. Tegra Shabola went second. Simmons went third. He actually goes by Jimmy. Jimmy Simmons, for those who don't know. That's why I have Jimmy down there. You got Zen, Tegra, and Jimmy. Seriously, Josh Simmons goes by Jimmy, for those who don't know. Now you know. You don't know, now you know. Um, And it's interesting to me. I think a lot of us, myself included, might have been guilty of thinking, oh, Josh Simmons is going to come in here and start. He very well might. He's not as big as I thought, Jay Book. Saw him out there. I'm thinking he's 6'6", 310. See him out there, it's like, yeah, he looks maybe 6'4", maybe 6'5", at the tallest. Look at the updated roster. He's 6'5". You know, and Zen and Tegra, they took all the first-team reps in spring. I don't know. Break it. I'm just curious to get your thoughts on this. Who do you think is going to win the job, and what did you make of the order yesterday? Yeah, it's tough to call right now. I think it's going to be a battle that goes all the way up probably, you know, the week before the season starts, before they name their starting right tackle. Once we see the depth chart that's released for Indiana week, um, I I do think that you're probably going to have a situation where all three guys are going to get the opportunity. Zen, it doesn't really surprise me that he got the first crack at the bat. I just think that that battle between him and Tegra carrying over into this year the one thing about jimmy though is he needs to learn how to be able to practice at a high level at ohio state there's a vastly different uh degree of athleticism expectations from a place at ohio state as opposed to san diego where he's coming from from people who are out at practice there are some he was uh, justin fry was getting on him because he wasn't finishing drills to their expectations he uh, jumped off sides a few times, which was one of his his big knocks at San Diego when they were doing drills, and Justin Fry had to jump on him then. So I think he needs to be able to, one, learn how to compete at a high level at a place like Ohio State. Two, just because they got him in here to provide some depth, it does not mean that they're going to hand him the starting right position. He's going to have to go out there and beat out Zen, beat out Tegra, I wouldn't be surprised today if they go over there today and Tegra's running with the ones. Uh, but one thing you have to say about Tegra, though, Dave, Justin Fry loves him. <laughs> what, did he, what did he call him? A couple of weeks ago, he said Tegra's special. Uh, he, he's a guy that has a lot of upside. The thing with Tegra is he's probably better suited inside as a guard because he's a mauler. I think with him being asked to play tackle, it's a matter of getting your feet um, in your technique to to be able to handle a JT to Avalo on that edge there because 
from all indications, JT was absolutely destroying the offensive line yesterday to the fact that it was kind of a detriment to the quarterbacks because JT was in the backfield almost every snap. So just being able to get your feet, get your technique, being able to sink, sink your hips and handle the speed rush because when you go against Michigan, you go against that front seven against Penn State, you're going to be you're going to have to be able to block on the island. Uh, so for me, I it's too close to call for me to be able to say who's going to be a starter. I think they're going to have a situation where all three guys are going to have the opportunity to rip with the ones, especially when the media and the fans aren't there. I, I look, I'm looking forward to the depth chart. Um, so right now, I think you're going to have to see Jimmy really work for a day. They're not just going to be able to give him a starting spot. He needs to be able to show, yes, you can play at a high level. Just because you're a high-profile transfer, you're not going to be gifted a starting job here. Stick with us. Jay Book and I are going to get into the Ohio State defensive line, the quarterbacks, and more. Um, I do want to let you guys know one more time how you can get 20% off from Caldera Labs. It's the number one company for men's skincare. Yeah, we want you guys to look good. I mean, the men out here, we want you guys to look good. The ladies already look good. You guys don't need to do anything. It's the it's the guys. So you got to go to Caldera Lab. Use Bucknuts, code Bucknuts, get 20% off. CalderaLab.com, use code Bucknuts, get 20% off. The number one company for men's skincare, facial skincare. If you're a young guy like J-Book, you might not think you need it, but you don't want to develop those wrinkles. You want to keep that glow that J-Book has, you know? You don't want to get like bags under your eyes like an old guy like me. So you got to use Caldera Lab. And I'm a customer. I love it. I highly recommend it with Caldera Lab. All right. As promised, Ohio State's defensive line. Less rotating on the defensive line this year. Yes, please. Especially in big games. I want to see maybe them pair it down to their top six. You got the, the, the four starters. And then maybe you got like uh, whoever the first D tackle is. Let's say it's Ty Hamilton is the first guy off the bench. Because because uh, Mike Hall and, and Ty Leak are the starters. Then maybe Kenyatta Jackson, first guy off the bench at DN. Maybe you get Caden Curry in there as well. But I don't need nine or ten guys playing, and I need the best guys playing when the game's on the line. And it sounds like that's what they're going to do this year, Jay Book. Yeah, uh, this is a money year for JT. I think it's time for him to really show how dominant he can be. Uh, yesterday, it sounded like Tyleek uh, got rolled up on, had a brace on his ankle or his foot. So hopefully he's going to be okay as far as camp goes. So you look at that that front, Dave. I think every single one of those guys can get drafted in the, in the top two rounds if they really uh, take their play to the next level. This is a big year for Larry Johnson, Dave. If, you, if we're being honest about Larry Johnson's defensive line, over the last two seasons, they have not played at a very high level when it comes to getting after the quarterback as far as sacks. I mean, you look at, you, you look at uh, Jack Sawyer, kid played out of position last year, played limited snaps, still have four and a half sacks, which led the team. You look at Zach Harrison, he looks like an absolute animal in Atlanta for right now in their training camp. So I'm like, okay, Larry, this is a big year for you. You you are a legend, but we need to have more production from that defensive front. They need to be more disruptive. They need to be more nasty. They need to be able to set the edge, no crashing down and – uh, letting letting the quarterback or the running back break contain there. So I think this is going to be critical for them. So how do you do that? You play your best players. I mean, you look at Teron Vincent. You look at some of the rotation that they had. There are times last year, Dave, where it's got to have it moments. Let's get off the field and get the ball back to the offense. 
and you had guys who had no business out there uh, on third and long situation, had no shot getting at the quarterback. I need my best guys uh, when we've got to get off the field. I need JT out there. I need Jack Sawyer out there. I need Mike Hall out there. I still don't understand why Mike Hall and Ty Lee was getting so little burn over Vincent and some of those guys that they had in there last year. So that's here and there. I'm looking forward to what they're going to do this year. I think Kenyatta Jackson, that's going to be the ace in the pocket, Dave. They got to be able to get after the quarterback. And I think his skill set provides them a different uh, athleticism. When you, you were there in the spring, when you saw Kenyatta Jackson, he's different, huh? When you look at the way he can bend and his flexibility, something similar to like how the Bosa's operate when he's able to bend that arc and get after the quarterback. If you want to touch on how different Kenyatta looks from the other guys. You got to throw the Bosa's out there. Maybe we should get him the number 97. Oh, wait, he already <laughs> is wearing it. How about that? Um, I love that. It's funny that you brought that up. I was just about – I was waiting for you to finish, and I was going to say to further your point, but the, then you furthered your own point. Kenyatta Jackson brings something that the other defensive ends don't have. As great as JT Tumilowal is, um, Tumilowal, um, he – is not like your prototypical edge rusher. Now he's fantastic because he's just a freak and he can do things that like, you know, maybe your typical edge rusher can't do and can do some of those things as well as we saw against Penn state last year, but he can bull rush. He's so athletic. JT, I don't think people realize he's listed at six, four, almost looks like he's more like six, five to me. And he's got such long arms, but Kenyatta Jackson is the one that looks like if you're looking at like an NFL defensive end with the long arms, a quick get off, quick twitch, that's Kenyatta Jackson. All he needed to do is, you know, Jay Book was put on some weight, put on some muscle, and he's done that in spades. I mean, this kid's up to – he's up, but over 20 pounds, like 25 pounds from where he was last year as a true freshman. And he actually redshirted last year. I don't think he's going to play college football for five years, so it probably won't matter. But he's technically a redshirt freshman this year. So I'm with you. And I like Caden Curry a lot, but if I was ranking the backup defensive ends, I would go Kenyatta Jackson, Caden Curry. And if I'm Jack Sawyer, I am, I am making sure I have a very good year because – you know, if he doesn't, Kenyatta Jackson's waiting in the wings right there. Yeah. The job. So I, I, was, I was, yeah, I will say this day. One thing that I am also fascinated by that I can't wait to see how they perform on the field is if you pull up, you know, the roster that there was that was released, every single defense alignment is over 270. Uh, so I'm curious to see, like, is this a strength and conditioning uh, objective to say we need everybody over 270. Are they too heavy? Will they be able to handle the grind? Um, would will they still be explosive? Do we lack explosiveness? You know, it, it's kind of odd when you see every single one of your guys over 270 pounds there. So I'm curious to see if everyone still has that burst. Did guys lose a step? Did they put on too much weight? I know Caden Curry talked about how he had um you know, he had put on too much weight and he had to drop back down. I mean, Amari Abor, he put on some weight, had to drop back down. So it's, it's, I'm curious to just see how those guys perform in the field as far as their strength and conditioning, what they were able to do in the offseason. And some of those guys are listed under 270. I mean, Sawyer's listed at 265. Yeah. What's Jackson listed at? Like 258? Um, I'll have to look at Abor. I want to say Abor something like 260. So they got some guys that are under 270. Okay. Yeah, just yeah. just to be clear, I don't want people freaking out. Um, but yeah, yeah, Kenyatta Jackson, I think, is listed at two fifty eight, and he was, I believe, two. Th yeah, I know for sure he was listed at two thirty five last year. 
So I remember because I loved his high okay. school. I, I saw that. I was like 235. I'm like, if that's accurate, he's not playing that much as a true freshman. Um, but uh, he looks awesome now. He's he's filled out and he looks just as quick. I'm with you, what man. You, I'm, I'm I'm on the Kenyatta Jackson hype bandwagon. What do you what do you think we're gonna get out of Hero Canoe this year? I mean, you like will he be in the road? I know they want to shorten the rotation, but I feel like a guy with his size and you look at his feet and his athleticism, like can we get him in the ro- rotation? I know they really like Hamilton. I know Hamilton was named like one of the iron buckeyes from the offseason because all, of all the work. So you, you better believe that Hamilton's going to be in that rotation. Can we get a hero canoe, someone who's going to be able to crack that rotation? Because I feel like they need him, Dave, uh, especially down the stretch, because Ty Lee, he's only going to be able to give you so many hard reps before his, uh, you know, before his body says, I need a blow. Uh, my call, he's battled injuries. I feel like Hero's the guy that they need. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting. There's a spot available on on the two deep at D tackle. I think the top three are set in whatever order with Mike Hall, Ty Leak, and Ty Hamilton. And then it's between Tywon Malone, who looks pretty good, and Hero. And Hero Canoe, he I talked to him at, at you know Peach Bowl Media Day. He said the one thing he wanted to really work on in the offseason, he wanted to work on everything, but the main thing was get stronger and drop some body fat. And he does. He looks really good. He came over with standing right with us. I will uh, – let you guys know, I regret he was. He came over. We were interviewing one of his teammates, and he was standing back there. Patrick Murphy was there, and Patrick Murphy, big soccer fan, heroes from Germany. So they just start talking. They've they've done this before. They just start talking about soccer. At one point, Hero puts his arm around Pat. I can't. I missed the opportunity to get a picture of that. I mean, the Hero Canoe with Pat Murphy was was good stuff. I mean, that's we're talking about huge Hero Canoe and not very huge Pat Murphy. <laughs> I should have got a picture of it, but they're just sitting there like they're best friends. Hero's got his arm around him and couldn't be a nicer kid. And he looks great. I mean, he looks like he has accomplished his goal of dropping body fat and getting stronger. And we'll see. It's between him and Tywone Malone. And another thing about Hero that I like, Jay Book, we know right now he's playing at at least a decently high level here at Ohio State was a big time recruit and man you got to think he's got more untapped potential than your typical college football player because he's only been playing football for like five years or something like that or six years so right I like hero a lot I like the Taiwan Malone you know came in because they need depth it's gonna be a good battle between those two guys for sure all right let's get you out of this then I I was going to say do you do you look at uh Jason Moore who's absolute unit Six seven, almost three hundred pounds coming in as a true freshman. Do they find a, a place to get him in there? I mean, it's a great, great problem to have with how many bodies that they have, Dave. But when it's when it's said and done, we need to have. We definitely need to increase the sack production from this from this defensive line. I mean, they have the potential to be the de- the best defensive line, regardless of what people want to say about Georgia uh, or whoever else. This Ohio State defensive line is incredibly deep. Now, we talk about shorten the rotation. We look at how many guys that we're able to name off, and then we're going, we may go back and ask, like, did we actually really need to shorten the rotation? But, hey, give me the best, guys. Let's get after it. It's football season. Um, we want to have a breakout year between Sawyer and JT. If they can get out to the quarterback and help that secondary out, Dave, this defense has the potential to be absolutely nasty. The depth on this team across the board, I love it. Even the offensive line, which is the biggest question mark, the one thing you can definitely say is they have good depth on the offensive line. It's just they've got some question marks. But I don't think they have many question marks elsewhere. Maybe at quarterback, 
let's finish the show talking about the quarterbacks. Did I just bury the lead here? Um, <laughs> I mean, it's so early. You can't really tell anything from yesterday. Um, I think Kyle McCord's going to be the starter. We've talked about that all offseason. But I do think it's a close battle. I, I believe Ryan Day when he says it um, uh, with Devin Brown. What do you – I mean, I, I mean, again, can't really tell anything from yesterday. But what's your thoughts on the, the QB so far? I think it's going to be an absolute battle, Dave, uh, with them giving every single – splitting every single rep there. Now, the question is, did Ryan Day tip off his hand when he said they he wants the quarterback to perform more like C.J. Stroud did in that last couple of minutes against Georgia where Stroud was taking off running uh, and moving the chains whenever he needs to? If that's the case, then some people believe that that's better suited to Devin Brown. I think it's just going to be who's going to be able to make the plays, Dave. Um, you know, who's going to be able to move the offense up and down the field? Who's going to be able to get them out of bad situations when the play calling says it? I think the one thing that concerns me, Dave, though, is when you look at, when you look at the quarterback situation, Dave, will they, will they carry this into the season? Because there's a part of me that thinks that if you look at the first three games, we may see both quarterbacks still play <laughs> on, on the field, and then they decide who's going to be the, the guy going forward heading into the Notre Dame game. I'm not sure that they're going to be able to find out who the starting quarterback is for these first couple of weeks, especially when they're splitting rents, they're charting everything. And I did find it interesting that Ryan Day said the quarterback battle, it doesn't necessarily mean everything that's happening on the field. He said a big part of deciding the quarterback battle is how these guys carry themselves off the field. I thought that was fascinating because you never really hear a coach said they're also grading you on the things that you do outside of the football field. So how you carry yourself maybe in the classroom or in the film room, how, you, you know, checking in to see who's leading in the locker room, but all the coaches aren't around. Those are some of the intangible things that creates a leadership um, that, that this displays leadership from the quarterback position. So I always thought that was fascinating that Ryan Day said, hey, we're going to be grading you off the field as well. I would just be curious to know, be a fly on the wall in that quarterback room to say, hey, how are you grading someone off the field? Like, what, what are you looking at to determine, you know, this person is ahead of this person because of the way they're, uh, some of the things that they're doing uh, off the field? I thought that was a fascinating statement. I might have to steal your question there, unless you want to fly to Columbus and ask it yourself. <laughs> I might have to, I think I'm going to actually steal your question. I, maybe I'll say this comes from my colleague, Jay Book. Maybe I will. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I don't know. No, that, that's a great question. I'm seriously going to ask Ryan Day that question. Um, great stuff as always, my friend. He is Jonah Booker. Thank you very much to Jay Book. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. We appreciate that very much. I hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. 